everyone. Uh, my name is Dr. Ko. Today I would like to talk about urinary tract infections in different patient groups that we will see in general practice. It will be in children, especially younger children, or in adults, as well as in aged care facilities and aging population. Alright, let's start digging into it. The first episode is for urinary tract infection in children. So UTIs in children are predominantly a cause a secondary to ascending bacteria from periurethral area. That may be 75% of the time with Escherichia E. coli or E. coli for short. However, there are other species such as Proteus, Klebsiella, Enterobacter, Enterococcus species, or even Staphylococcus aureus may be causative agents as well. Less commonly, fungal infections such as Candida or viral pathogens such as adenovirus may also involve as well. These pathogens may cause symptoms and problems such as cystitis or prostatitis, as well as pyelonephritis, abscess, or urosepsis. So, in terms of um, finding that out, it is important to consider the anatomical variation or congenital changes. When thinking about symptoms of urinary tract infection, sometimes it's straightforward. Parents may come to you with their children and saying that the uh, children has uh, UTI. Sometimes your urine sample may even be brought to you. However, you still need to consider uh, differential diagnosis in anyone who is complaining of uh, urinary symptoms such as urgency, frequency, or dysuria. So uh, we need to consider about vaginitis, if there is vaginal discharge, order, or pruritus. Um, they may not have any frequency or urgency in these situations. Or if it is uh, urethritis, or is such as painful bladder syndrome. We also need to think about pelvic inflammatory disorder or sexually transmitted disease in teenage children or teenagers, I should say. Um, prostatitis as well. Um, that may be tender prostate pain and pain on ejaculation. If any person has fever, malaise, lethargy, anorexia, and uh, or in younger children, if there is altered behavior, vomiting, we may need to consider urosepsis or bacteremia. So to collect the urine sample can be quite challenging in general practice setting since we may only have 10 to 15 minutes in each appointment time. So practically only the clean catch or midstream sample of urine is something that we can hope for, that we can aim to achieve in our practice. Urethrocatheterization or suprapubic aspirations are usually done in the hospital or in relatively more and well children. In terms of getting clean catch, clean catch sample, 
um, we need to clean the wipe the perigenital area first and with the cold damp gauze and that will help to uh, stimulate the cutaneous voiding reflex and allow infants or non-verbal children to pee. Of course in older children that can be uh, midstring sample can be obtained with the cooperation of parents. So the collection with the clear urine bag in children is uh, no longer acceptable as a sample of urine collection. Um, the benefit of the midstring sample clean catch is it is non-invasive. It can be done uh, with the minimal disturbance to children in GP setting. However, it relies on cooperation of caregiver and children and also it may be time consuming. So it, these things need to be considered. For urethrocatheterization, uh, in and out catheterization is used under a septic uh, non-touch technique and to minimize contamination. It can be used in infants and pre-continent children and it is, um, although it is invasive and it is, uh, can obtain a good and a clean sample of urine. And it is also effective in urinary retention. The last method is suprapubic aspiration. So it is that we tap the lower abdominal wall with ultrasound guided needle. Um, it has to be performed when the bladder is full and at least more than two mil of urine must be there. And children has to be either restrained or um, sedated uh, for the purpose of getting that done. Um, and it is useful in infants or and circumcised boys where adequate foreskin retraction is not possible or if the girls have with labial adhesions or if there is any injury or periurethral irritation is there. This is the, the uh, preferred method of aseptic collection uh, with the appropriate technique. We can provide a sample with minimal contamination. One thing important is that it doesn't cause any injury to the children or any permanent problems since the track from the needle is very small. Once you get the urine sample, urine dipstick is a useful and easily available tool screening tests in GP rooms. The presence of leukocytes and nitrates are suggestive of a urinary tract infection. Uh, the urine dipstick results are less reliable in younger infants or in neonates due to uh, false negative results. Regardless of the result, uh, it is best practice to send away the urine sample for urine microscopy and culture. Um, and also that will complement uh, and guide us for our initial management. And if there are bacteria and leukocytes are found on the microscopy, it is suggested of UTI. If there is a lot of epithelial cells, it can suggest that it is skin contamination or poorly collected sample. And uh, if a growth of a single organism more than 10 to the power of 8 uh, per CFU per liter, and then that's uh, for, from any collection may suggest infection 
or if it is lower than that, it may be uh, early infection or contamination. The growth of any amount of bacteria from suprapubic sample uh, suggests the urinary tract infection. The renal function check doing uh, on the blood tests or the renal ultrasound need to be considered if child is seriously unwell or if no, not responding to appropriate antibiotics therapy after 48 hours. So in terms of uh, other tests in, in the hospital setting, blood culture and lumbar puncture can be considered for unwell infants who are less than four weeks old. If we are going to treat uh, children with the UTI, oral antibiotics are usually appropriate. Any child who is seriously unwell and most infants under three months old should be referred to hospital emergency department for uh, initial IV antibiotics or suspected urosepsis. In the Raoul Children Hospital website, uh, only cephalexin is recommended as a oral antibiotics. Even though in adults we can consider using trimethoprim or also nitrofurantoin. We start with cephalexin 33 milligram by kilogram with the max dose of 500 milligram uh, on a day and twice a day dosing, which is different to other regimes like cellulitis or skin infection. For pyelonephritis, we should use with cephalexin 45 milligram per kilo oral TDS dosing. In most cases that we see in um, GP setting, this is where we need to review as a arrange a follow-up appointment. Uh, that has to be within uh, one to two days, depending on the social support and um, how well and well the child is. In terms of um, following up, in, you do not need to do any ultrasound if it is the first uh, ever episodes of urinary tract infection. However, if this ch a child is having recurrent uh, kidney infections or bladder infections, uh, non-urgent renal ultrasound should be arranged. As well as there is no need for routine antibiotic prophylaxis after simple UTI. If there is history of recurrent UTIs or known renal anomalies, specialist follow-up should be arranged. I found these points as a very useful and they are mentioned in the Rao Children Hospital website that when we are interpreting urine tests, blood and proteins are not reliable markers of UTI and nitrates are not produced by all uh, urinary organisms. So absence of nitrates on dipstick does not exclude UTI. So it's an interesting thing to consider. Again, leukocytes or pyuria can occur with other febrile illness. So uh, presence of white cells or pyuria on dipstick alone doesn't confirm UTI either. So, and pyuria may be absent in early infection or very young children. So if we see pyuria and bacteria on the microscopy, it is uh, suggestive of UTI, but still a positive culture is required 
to confirm diagnosis as well as to rule out contamination. And what it tells is that um, the diagnosis to get UTI seem to be rather simple if we have everything aligned. However, if one or two features are missing, uh, it may be uh, it may not be so straightforward. Therefore, uh, we need to consider a person as a whole with history, physical examination, and test results to get to the right diagnosis. If you're not sure, always choose the safest option for the patient. When talking about prevention of uh, recurrent urinary tract infections, we need to be aware of what, the, what are the risk factors first. Simple things, uh, we can talk to everyone, uh, that include uh, personal hygiene, such as wiping from the front to the back, post uh, bowel motions, as well as appropriate washing of the glands and the foreskins in um, circumcised boys. Um, that may assist with the prevention of uh, uropathogen colonization. Again, in girls uh, who had a history of uh, vaginitis or vulvovaginitis, avoidance of bubble bath uh, will reduce the mucosal irritation. And in terms of giving a particular probiotics or a natural products, uh, there is not much evidence that they actually help in prevention of future urinary tract infections in children. Um, so it may well be in the future where we will learn more about them. The other factors we need to be consider in uh, assessing any recurrence rate is that does this child has uh, the factors that cause them to increase risk of UTIs. So as a child has poor uh, immune system and in terms of is there any catheterization, is there any frequent gastroenteritis, uh, is there any frequency of vaginitis or vulvovaginitis, or any uh, skin infection outside in the perineum. We need to consider, is there any history or any evidence of vesico-ureteri reflux, posterior urethral valves, phimosis, as well as any congenital kidney or urinary tract um, abnormalities. More common conditions are such as bowel and bladder dysfunction syndrome, uh, including constipation, and if there is encoparesis. These things need to be elicited during history and physical examination. Uh, in the subsequent um, recordings, I will talk about the briefly about vesicular ure ureteri reflux and bowel and bladder dysfunction. Psycho-ureteri reflux is a common anatomical anomaly in children. It is often diagnosed following the initial investigation of a UTI and about 30% of children with UTI will be diagnosed with VUR. And recurrence will affect about 30% of children diagnosed with VUR as well. It is a 
the condition where the retrograde flow of urine from the bladder to the kidney happen due to dysfunctional vesicoureteric junction. It can be as a result of anatomical and functional disorder and influenced by the structural changes in the intramural ureter, ureteric opening width and function of the um, muscles from the bladder and the ureter. It can be associated with developing renal scarring, renal hypertension, or chronic end-stage kidney disease. So it is pretty serious. Uh, there are five, uh, classific uh, five grades depending on severity of the condition, uh, grade one being the mildest and the grade five being the most uh, severe case. And we usually find that or suspect that VUR's presence during the ultrasound following the uh, bladder infections and after if we suspect that the gold standard test is voiding cystourethrography and that will show uh, if any presence of the VUR and if you find that the next step would be to refer to pediatric renal physician or general pediatrician. And management essentially depends on the grade and severity of the VUR itself. And in terms of mild cases, uh, routine monitoring and prevention of further infections are the most important, whereas the higher the grade, the more likelihood that surgical correction will be required. Another condition I want to talk is bowel and bladder dysfunction, called BBD. Uh, previously known as dysfunctional elimination syndrome, uh, it is uh, found as a, a syndrome where children with the issue with coordinating the pelvic muscles and resulting in constipation as well as urinary um, incontinence and painful defecation. So it can be elicited in the history whether this child has frequent uh, episodes of constipation or um, difficulty with the, uh, emptying the bowels. Most of the time the management include identification of risk factor um, that include physical and psychological as well as social factors and pelvic floor awareness and training, keeping hydration and constipation prevention are usual strategies we will deploying to manage them. Uh, in rare cases, pharmacological management such as um, anticholinergic or selective alpha blockers. However, this child may will require pediatrician referral if if it is that serious. All right, um, this is about it in children's um, recurrent urine tract infection. In the next episode, I will talk about recurrent urinary tract infections in adults. Bye-bye.